When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, that's that's pretty great. We're here for a different type of reaction podcast. It's not even the Raptors reaction podcast. It's just Samson Folk covered a game, a historic game, the first WNBA game played in Canada. And 82 to 74, the Chicago Sky beat the Minnesota Lynx. Both these franchises, um, two of the 12 in the WNBA. The Lynx, I think, have four championships to their name, 2011, 2013, 2015, 2017. I think, big shout out to Maya Moore, Chicago Sky, obviously, um, winning in 2021 and bringing with them to this game, Kalia Copper, the finals MVP. 82 to 74. It was great. It isn't often that you can get between 19 to 20,000 people at a WNBA game and Toronto really showed out. This is something that is a seminal moment is, you know, the term that the commissioner used is, this is of course going to be a seminal moment if the if Toronto wants a WNBA team. And as far as I can tell, showing out for it, there's a lot of fervor. Uh, there was conversations had, press availability prior to it, wherein all, all the numbers indicate that not only is Toronto a very strong market as far as numbers, um, you know, the people who are going to come out to games, but as far as the existing viewership, as far as the possible sponsors, as far as population density, they couldn't give us all everything, but they said they've now come to, I think, 10, uh, 10 possible places for expansion. Toronto is in that 10. They've been doing macro and, you know, the macro analysis, economic and otherwise, and then visiting these sites. This was one of those. It was a it was a super fun game. It wasn't the best WNBA game. There there are people there who are going to say the first half, especially like, man, this is a little bit sloppy. The shot making is not really it's not really going well. These are these two teams and Chicago Sky were, I think, like 26 and 10 last year. They were supposed to be really good, but you lose like Candace Parker, you lose Vandersloot, you lose a lot of players. And Sylvia Fowles just retired from the Lynx as well. Both teams have undergone a lot of change and they're trying to develop out their own offensive systems. The Chicago Sky, especially a team that they're super aggressive on ball. And we see these two teams in a preseason game not being able to establish a lot of their offense through the post not being able to uh, hit a lot of shots, especially in the first half. And the end result is that you have a lot of guards and, and smaller wings trying to punch slivers in the defense and trying to, you know, maybe the ball pressure is a little bit hot and they get a step. The, you know, the other team is gapping them. They're taking the step over. They're going to be in the driving lanes 
to defend them, they're going to have the the space and the the size to close out and block shots at the rim. Man, there was a lot of blocks in this game. And a lot of missed shots. The good thing, though, the second half, where a lot of these, these young women who just got drafted, who are trying to break into the league, they packed that thing on them. They, uh, there was definitely some shooting, especially trailer. Like, holy moly. She came in, Kayana trailer, 5 of 9 in... 17 minutes, she had 13 points. She was 3 of 6 from downtown. Um, Parks, geez, Robin Parks, I think she had four threes. Like, they come in in the second half. They really make their mark on this game. And the team start exchanging buckets, which was really, that was the most fun aspect of it, in my opinion. So even just going by quarter, right, you can see there's a lot of volatility here. Neither team eclipsed 20 points in either of the first two quarters. After all of it, you know, the Chicago Sky are up 37 to 30 at half. And then the Lynx equaled their first half scoring in the third quarter by scoring 30. A lot of shots going down, making it happen. And then, and they take the lead, right? Because they win that quarter by 13. Hey, you know, hot shooting. Then in the fourth quarter, Kalia Copper, she's playing minutes in a preseason game in the fourth quarter. That was super interesting to see. They wanted to win. You know, everybody who talked about this game, who was around this game, they they spent a good deal of time saying, like, this is an important game. And we recognize that this is a massive crowd. And, you know, some some of the women there are saying, we've never played in front of a crowd of this size. We've And um, Kalia Copper saying, this had finals vibes. So it, just before I t- talk about the rest of the, like, the game game, the optics around it, right, is that if players who have felt the the peak the pinnacle of their sport like Clea Copper she's a finals MVP in her sport at the highest level and she comes to a preseason game in Toronto and says it had finals vibes that's a huge compliment to the city to show out for these women support them in that way and I just that was that was great and a credit to them and a credit to the women for you know Busting their humps, man. This was a hard-played game for, you know, like a, a preseason game. Ball pressure, very high. Um, rotations on defense. They were coming hard and fast to the rim. These are things that are typically emblematic of regular season games. You know, and maybe there's something to say about it's 40 regular season games for these WNBA players rather than 82. So having only three preseason games, they they have to get into things a little bit quicker it's a little bit more important for them to lock in in the preseason. Sure. And these two teams are playing each other on Friday, I think. So th- there's something being built up there. Let's let's hope for another good game when they open up the regular season. But I just it's really nice to see that it just Toronto did it. They did as best as they could. Um, everybody was, you know, I, t- I talked about it at the top, like trying to secure sponsors, trying to make sure that a city is viable so that it's not like, oh, it's exciting and they come and it's like, I don't know, a year, three years where the team is liked, but then it fizzles out. You have to make sure there's longevity. And while the Raptors, or sorry, not the Raptors, while Toronto can't show that immediately, they can show all the indicators of that and they can show a, a severe fervor for um, women's basketball and the highest level of it. So I thought that was great. The big difference in this game, I think, in the first half was Kalia Copper punching gaps, t- 
to me, she's the most fun player to watch in the WNBA. She's an elite mover. Um, I've talked a lot for anybody who listens to the Raptors Reaction podcast or any NBA-wide coverage I've done. I've always been fascinated with elite movers, people who are really special, kind of conveying themselves around the floor. Skills accompanied with like elite movement skills with more discreet on-ball skills, shooting skills. A lot of times those end up creating superstars. Clea Copper is just the top of the top. She's so fantastic. And she really helped pull this game in the first half for the sky because both teams are struggling to establish anything inside. There's very little post up. There's They're not able to run a lot of like corner offense or actions out of it. A lot of the offense on both sides is kind of getting trapped above the break. The, the on-ball defense is pretty good. As I said earlier, there's time for the defense at the bottom end to rotate over, contest stuff at the rim, and Copper being able to, she's, in a lot of cases, quicker, more agile, stronger finishing, has a little bit more vertical pop than a lot of players in the WNBA. She's special. Um, her ability to get downhill, either score or dump off and, and create looks, was a big difference in the in the first half. And then once, you know, like we talked about Parks and Trailer, those they started hitting shots. On the other side, you have like Tiffany Mitchell, who I think she finished with like 19 points in this game. 19 points, yeah. Super impressive, but I think that Copper being able to kind of lift the offense and also play an integral role uh, on defense in the first half really went a long way because the second half was just a tale of two quarters. You know, 28 to 14 for the Sky in the fourth quarter, 30 to 17 for the Lynx in the third quarter. Those ladies just shooting the lights out, um, but taking turns doing it and being able to lock down at the end of the game. That was obviously super important. But yeah, I think if you were, I just, the most important thing, and this was the question I asked Kalia Copper after the game, because she was talking about how important it is for young women to see these games so that they can know that professional basketball can await some of them. That that is something to dream and aspire for. And that for her, she didn't get to do that until she saw Rutgers, that there's there's players she knows, there's a legacy of players reaching, you know, the pros. And also, she didn't have a WNBA team growing up. And the game wasn't as, like, big at that point for women. And so... Um, it's, it's cool to think that like copper, she's going to, there's girls who are in that audience, young, young men who are in that audience, who that's where their start, their love of basketball begins. We know that it's, it's not necessarily the little things, but it's some sort of basketball achievement happening in a city creates a ripple effect. The Vince Carter slam dunk competition wasn't even in Toronto, but he was wearing that Jersey and there are tons of players in the NBA from the GTA that were affected by that, that know where they were when they saw that. He made basketball really cool in Canada. This event, selling out, it's really important. They're making women's basketball cool in Canada, in Toronto. That's, I just like, that's really great to see. Um, Bridget Carlton, Canadian girl, uh, she gave like the opening address. She's like, hey everybody, hope you enjoy yourself. She was great. Um, not her best shooting game, not her best game overall, but uh, she even airballed the first uh, the first shot. But it was nice to see a, you know a Canadian player there to kind of help be a conduit for all of that. You know, I've used the term earlier in this podcast, but fervor for for women's basketball for the game upcoming and 
Um, a lot of attention, a lot of media at practice, a ton of media at the game. If I can just say it, like this, this had more media than any single Raptors game this season. You know, I've, I've, I've chopped it up with Zach Lowe when he comes to Toronto and he's checking in and it's national TV and there's ESPN and there's all the big wigs. But even still, those games did not have as much media at them as this WNBA game. And it's because the WNBA is very mindful that they want growth. They want coverage. They want to be talked about. And they know that their product is good enough that if it is talked about, is going to get more eyes on it, more fans, and is going to be more and more viable as it goes forward. There were so many people there. And so many, man, orange hoodies in the audience. I had a really good look at it. There were so many. And not only that, but they sold out the merchandise in the arena before halftime. So if there was... If this was Toronto's ultimate pitch outside of the peripheral numbers and like the main numbers, everything that the WNBA is looking at, it, it was perfect. You couldn't ask for anything more. The, the support was absolute. And both sides talked about it after the game saying it was nice. It was cool that in this example, like this game, it didn't feel like the crowd was on either side. The crowd was just basketball fans, right? They were just like, when something good happens then great. We're very happy to see it happen. Um, allegiances weren't determined. Bridget Carlton gets a huge ovation at the start. Sure. Kalia Copper is a really big name. She gets a big one. Sure. All this stuff is true. Of course. Serge Ibaka, he was in attendance. He got a huge standing ovation. He seemed to be drinking it in too. He was having a good time. Jeff Doton Jr. was there. Christian Coloco was there. Bobby Webster, Masai Ujiri, Lugens Dort was there. Um, when I was back in the tunnels of the Scotiabank Arena, Delano Banton was back there. I don't know where he was sitting, but he was back there after the game I saw. I wasn't really paying attention on social media. I'm sure he got posted somewhere. But um, everybody, it was a celebration of basketball, women's basketball in Toronto. And while the game really heated up in the second half and became like there was a lot of shot making, it was really fun to see some of these women got to show out um, a lot of this game, and that's why, you know, everybody seemed to acknowledge like a lot of this game is about the things outside the arena because they, everybody thinks the game is good enough for a larger audience. The, the audience just has to show up. And in Toronto, boy, howdy, did it ever. It was, it was a real treat to cover these women, to go to the game and see the outpouring of, of love and admiration for women's basketball in Toronto. I feel like I'm retreading. Somewhat, but but really, I don't want to over index on you know missed shots and like you know a, a lack of finishing from either team and you know hot shooting that came along. But I think I've discussed the game enough. But really, it's a lot of the stuff surrounding this game that will loom large for the future of women's basketball in Toronto. That I hope, I really hope, is validated with a WNBA team. I certainly think it would help grow women's basketball from little kids. It, this game will help. There's going to be girls out there who become very good players, no doubt, who this game is one of their first moments, one of the first places they fell in love with basketball. So to all the college coaches who are like, hell yeah, there's this great player in, maybe it's anywhere from like, I don't know, five years to 12 years from now, whatever it is, anytime in that in that time frame, I certainly hope um, they remember it. And I think that this is 
a very important moment for women's basketball. That's all I got to say. I hope that I know a lot of people went to this game. I know a lot of people who enjoyed the hell out of themselves. Um, I hope if you couldn't go, you at least got to watch. And I hope if you've been turning your nose up at women's basketball prior to this, I hope you give it a look now. Um, it's worth your eyes, worth your nose, whatever, however you want to categorize it. It was great. Uh, that's all I really got to say. Thanks to everybody for tuning in. Um, Pulp Trade Podcast soon. Uh, Raptors Reasonableness Podcast, where it'll be myself, Blake Murphy, Eric Kareen soon. I think there'll be a podcast with myself and William Liu this summer. I think that um, Nikias Duncan and Steve Jones of the Dunker Spot um, on JJ Reddick's podcast network will be on for a talking about coaches episode. Uh, lots of good stuff coming up. And then talking about drafts with scouts and people that I like. So um, I hope everybody enjoys the hell out of the coverage. I hope you enjoyed the hell out of the game. And I hope I talked about it with the reverence it deserves. Okay. Goodbye, everybody. Uh, yeah, if you got into this in the morning or at night, have a blessed day and goodbye.